Amen. <laughs> you know, I've told you a few times before how the Lord has allowed me to see uh, one of my angels, um, the big one. I always call him the big one. I mean, I know his name, but I, I call him the big one because there are some little ones too. I've seen different emotions over his face. The Lord has allowed me to see. And, uh, you know, I've seen, and I shouldn't tease it because I call it a goofy smile, but it's not goofy in, in a weird way. It's goofy in a, an amazement way. And I've seen, I've seen him stern. That's one I would never want to be on the receiving end of. I've seen him stern. I've seen him with his sword drawn. I've seen him angry. And I've seen him destroyed. But today I saw a new one. And this one was weird to me because, and not, not weird. That's a, that's a wrong choice of words. It was different. For me, because I know the angels were created to be servants. Angels were created not for fellowship like, like men and women were created, but angels were created for servanthood. And because of that, we often think of them kind of as robots, I guess. You know, that, that, that they, they just simply obey and do what they're told. But yet the Bible tells us a different story. The Bible tells us that since man was created, they observe us. They observe us and they, they see our faith and it amazes them. But it does more than amaze them, I believe. It teaches them. They may not have been created with the understanding of love. But first I'll say they were created by love. Because God is love. I believe it, well certainly, it was on purpose that way. But they were created with the ability to see and perceive and understand and learn. We see it in the Word of God, and I've seen it in His faces. This morning I saw tears. And I saw it during communion and throughout worship. Till the very end. And in the very end, those tears were no longer tears. It was back to that smile. (laughs) And that joy. You don't think of of an angel being able to show those emotions, but I want you to understand they can't without what they've learned from us. Never think you're not being watched. Never think your testimony is not important. Because if you think you're so separated out in the world that, that you don't, you don't affect anything, I'm here to tell you, you still affect everything. 
good or bad. Because there is a difference between this realm and the kingdom of God realm, the spirit realm. And that difference is why he says, seek his kingdom first. We're to seek that realm. We're to seek to understand that realm. The reason why is because when we declare these things in this realm, that God has said in that realm, there's power. It's like an authorization. Okay, you, you go to the bank and you want to withdraw money. You have to give them a withdrawal slip. That's an authorization for them to be able to withdraw your money and give it to you. Right? When we do that, when we declare in this realm, we are giving an authorization, one way or the other, by the way, for the spirit realm to intercede, to interact. To literally obey, if you will. And I'm not saying God obeys us. That's not what I'm saying. But the spirit realm will obey what our authorization authorizes. So when we say, Holy Spirit, come. When we say, surround this place with your warring angels. When we declare his word in our mouths, in this physical three-dimensional plus time world, we are giving our authorization for God to do that very thing. And it says, in the word of God, he told his disciples, what you loose on earth, I will loose in heaven. Let me rephrase that. What you loose in your realm, I will loose in mine. What you bind in your realm by faith, I will bind in mine. Now, I think Christians get a little confused with this. And so often they read the word of God and they think, okay, well, the word of God says it, so that applies to me and I can do it. And I'll just jump out and do it. They go amiss because there's a cost that so many Christians don't understand. See, why do you think that there are things that happen when, when we say, you know, okay, I believe, Lord, that you said a mountain will move if I have the faith like the grain of a mustard seed. So, Lord, I, you know I love Colorado. We we have we have Melody here is who's visiting us from the Northeast, and she seems to think that's where God lives. It isn't. It's his vacation home. We know God lives in Colorado or Northwest. I meant Northwest. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sorry, Lord. We are in Northeast. We are Northeast. Yeah. Maybe that was prophetic. I don't know. I don't know. Boy, now I just threw myself off, didn't I? <laughs> What'd you say? Joke's gone. Joke's gone. I know. That, that, see, that's what happens when I when I try to tell a joke. It's just just a mistake. But that's all right. See, when we declare in this realm, you have to understand it is also keyed upon your relationship with Jesus Christ. You cannot. 
just say, Lord, move that mountain to Delaware because I love the Colorado mountains. I have faith that you can do it. Move it here now. I declare it in Jesus' name. And then all of a sudden he declares it in his realm. And now we could go skiing in the winter. Okay, guys, let me say two things. One, it can work that way. It can because God could do anything. But see, when you build relationship with Him, you sign this disclaimer. Every day that you wake up, you sign this this, this disclaimer. When you say yes to the Lord, you say, your will be done. Your will be done. Now, can you imagine if I'm wanting those mountains here, and another son of God wants those mountains in Kansas, which is flatter than Delaware, I'm pretty sure. Well, it's about the same. Okay, so, so what happens now you have one who wants it here, one who wants it here. Both of them are children of God. Both of them have relationship with the Lord. It still goes back to the God's will. God's will be done. God's will be done. It's hard to answer why sometimes things happen. Right? Caleb has been very heavy on my heart since Friday. And the entire Chase family. It's hard to understand why things happen. We cry out why. And we don't understand. But I can share this with you, if nothing else. A couple things that may may encourage you that the Lord told me is that this, and it's this part's going to be hard to hear, but this is a necessary step for what God has for Caleb. I don't know if it's necessary for Caleb or if it's necessary for the people around Caleb. I don't know. Or even necessary for the people that are around him now. I don't know. I just know the Lord told me it's a necessary step. Lord also showed me what he has for Caleb. Caleb has to say yes, but he showed me. And it's extraordinary. And I know that sounds generic. I don't know if you've ever felt he's going to preach. I don't know if he's ever preached to you guys. (laughs) But that's what he showed me. He is. Because God will give him a testimony that will speak beyond his life. He will. See, I don't know why we have to go through difficult things. Except that why should we be any different than everybody else in the Word of God? See, this life, thanks to Adam, this life is filled with a battle. And that battle is a battle of wills. That battle is a battle of what? Of our will. It is a battle over our will. Do we give ourselves to the Lord, or do we give ourselves to us? Which, in essence, is giving ourselves to the enemy. I'm going to ask a really strange question here. Okay, and this is 
but that's all right. The Holy Spirit's leading this, so whatever. Is there anybody here? I, I don't. Anybody here with the last name Jones? I don't think so, right? Anybody here with the last name Jones? Anybody here with maiden name Jones? Or maybe that Jones was a nickname or a name that you were called by? Anybody? Okay. All right. Well, the Lord will show that. There are two names that came up. I'm going to share how. One I know. It was Melody. The other one is Jones. I don't know. That's why maybe I thought that her name, other name was Jones or something, but, or maybe, maybe somebody in here does have that and is too afraid to, to say it. I don't know. Yesterday, last night, we were in the courts with somebody. And um, after that process, we heard from And I, I, I understand that, that Satan will get this information, but that's okay, because he can't do much about it. We heard from a spy who's in his ranks. We heard of a plot this morning. We heard of a plot to come against those two names, specifically. But we also understood that we were told the strategy of that plot. That strategy was to use God's word and twist it in a way that it is declared in this realm differently. Okay, by the way, this is exactly, just so you know, how witchcraft works. If you think that you know somebody who just keeps flooding out all this scripture... Don't assume that they're doing it in the right way or even understanding the word of God in the right way. Because one of the greatest curses that comes through witchcraft is using the word of God and twisting it. If you don't believe me, turn to your Bible. It's all throughout the word of God. It began with the very first sin. It began with Eve. Where, where it, it, Satan clearly told her, you know, it, it was told that they're not to eat of the, uh, of the, um, the tree, uh, the tree of good and evil. <laughs> I need to speak in tongues. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Say that 20 times. I'd like to hear it. Okay, but, but then Satan, when, when he was talking with Eve and she came to the conclusion I assume through their conversation that they're not allowed to touch it or even look on it. They, they can't even touch it. Okay, first of all, that was a twist of Scripture. Okay? But it happened all throughout Scripture. Two, two that you know well. One, one is when Paul was going, uh, uh, and I can't remember what town he was in, but this, this prophetic girl just kept following him for I think it was two or three days saying that they are the, 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 uh, witness of the, of the Christ and salvation and, and all this stuff. And, and you wonder, well, they're saying something good. So what, why is that? Why did Paul turn around and rebuke 
the girl and rebuke the spirit was on her, that was on her. It was for this very reason, because what was being declared was a twist of scripture. Because that scripture was not only being twisted in what was being done, but it was twisted in her life. In her life. When your life represents something opposite of what scripture is, and you're declaring against something else, it becomes twisted. It doesn't mean the scripture isn't correct. Satan used it when Jesus was in the wilderness and fasted for 40 days. Right? He told him, you know, why don't you just eat? Or why, why don't you throw yourself off this pinnacle? Because, you know, scripture says you're, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get hurt. God won't allow your feet to be dashed against a stone. See, if you think Satan doesn't know scripture, you're wrong. He does know scripture. He knows how to twist it. And we were given three scriptures this morning that the enemy, these witches, were going to come against these two people and specifically ignition and state it. So the Lord told me, we're going to go through these scriptures and we're going to state them for what they really mean. For what is correct in them. And the first one is Philippians 4.13. Turn there. And I'm going to start at verse 12. Philippians 4 verse 12 says this. And, and Father, Father, I ask entrance into your, your chamber, your court. Wherever this declaration is to be made, Father, I ask entrance into that place so that this scripture is reverberated throughout this realm, throughout your realm. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I could do all things through him who strengthens me. That him is Jesus Christ. That him is the Christ, the son of God who came in the flesh to earth became a man, and lived a perfect sinless life. Gave his life on the cross for you and for me. Spent three days in hell, but not in defeat. He was given the keys to death. He was given the keys to defeat death itself. Three days later, because death could not hold him, he was raised from the grave. And he sits at the right hand of the Father, and he urges us on. He is the one who facilitates that relationship that we're to have. Facilitates that very relationship that we're to have. You're going to need to get into that one, though. Good old face recognition. There you go. 
one day we're going to have better equipment, and it won't do all this. So sorry, I oh, can't even say sorry to those online, because they're offline right now. <laughs> I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's the declaration this morning. Not through any other God. And I declare in Jesus' name that those who use this scripture to say their strength comes through any other God, but God, they are dead wrong. And it will fall flat in Jesus' name. It will go nowhere in Jesus' name. I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That is the Christ who came in the flesh. The next one is Romans 8. 28, and you know these verses. Turn there. I'm going to start in verse 26. Romans 8, verse 26 says this. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. By the way, guys, That's a reference to tongues, just we won't go down that rabbit hole, but that's a reference to tongues. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And verse 28, And we know that for those who love God, the God, the only God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Boy, that's an extraordinary statement. But as a child of God, do you believe that? See, that's, it's an extraordinary statement, but it's a difficult thing to believe. Especially when you're on the receiving end of that difficulty. If you're on the receiving end of those what seem to be bad things, how in the world can God bring something good out of this? Or even if something good comes out of it, it's the damage done right now is permanent. See, that's how we think. But see, you have to understand that perspectives need to change. Paradigms need to change. Because God doesn't look at us in this life. He said, I need to look at you, or I do look at you through my kingdom's eye. That's why you need to seek me in my kingdom. Because I look at you through that perspective. I don't look at you in the time you have on this earth. I look at you as my child forever. And what needs to happen in this time on earth has limited time to happen. See, he needs to work in our physical lives on this, in this earth to learn relationship with him. Cause guess what? That all changes when this life is over. Because he requires faith. And faith does not happen after we die. 
after we shed this body and we're with him as his children, faith is no longer faith because it's unseen. He is before us. He is with us. We're physically with him. It no longer requires faith. So God looks at this life and he says, I have a limited time with this person and with this bride to get them to understand who I am, to get them to understand that relationship with me is the most important thing in the world. And it's more real than anything else can be. It's more real. So because of that, that's why He gave us choice. That's why he gave us free will. Because if he were to force that upon us, it, were, it wouldn't be faith. If, someone were, if, if somebody were to force you to believe something, it's not faith for you to believe it. Because somebody else chooses for you. But when you're given free will, you're given free choice to build relationship with him, it is, <clears throat> excuse me, it is your choice. And those choices, it's not just a one-time thing. Well, I accepted Jesus Christ in my heart. That was my choice. And it was. Awesome. I'm so thankful that you are a child of God. But do you understand your choice comes every morning when you wake up? You have a choice. You have a choice to say, I want you, Lord. I want relationship with you. I want to grow in you. I want to know you. And do you understand that your choices, whether you realize it or not, have an impact either way? Especially if you have accepted God, accepted Jesus Christ into your heart as Savior. Your choices have impact, no matter what they are. They have impact if you say yes to the Lord. Give Him your yes every day. We've seen this. We've seen the impact of that. Many of you have seen the impact of that in your own life. But see, to ignore him has another impact. When you ignore him, when you don't take on his power through that relationship, you're effectively saying, I can do this on my own. You may not be, be verbalizing those words. In fact, I, I would say most Christians would would... Oh no, I, I, I totally, I totally just trust him. But see, there's a difference between trusting him and, and living your own life and trusting him by making the decision to let him invade your life. It's totally different. And you make that choice every morning. So by making that choice, we have to understand, and I declare this in Jesus' name, we know that for those who love God, who build relationship with Him, all things, capitalize A-L-L, all things, everything, every last thing, will work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. Let's, let's read on <coughs> verse 29. 
Because he further goes to explain who the for those are. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among what? Firstborn among many brothers. So what this says is what Jesus Christ did in raising from the dead, in, in, in receiving the very life through the power of the Holy Spirit, was the first to be received among many brothers. See, that is your inheritance. That is your inheritance that doesn't come when you die. It comes when you accept Jesus Christ as Savior and then build relationship with Him. It's yours for the taking. But yet Satan has done such a phenomenal job to teach the church how to do it on their own. How to systematically push God out of God. Push God out of church. It's extraordinary to me. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he also justified, he glorified. Let me look up the Greek on that word. Because that, that there, that last word is not talking about your glorified body. I know a lot of people will teach that. It's not talking about your glorified body because you will be glorified on earth. That glorification, what that word there, that Greek word there means is honor. You will be honored on earth. You will be, as a matter of fact, let me read it. It's to render glorious or esteem. To make Glory, glorious, full of glory, honor, to magnify. Why do you think that's the case? Because the more we're filled up with Jesus Christ, the more we look like Him. And His name is glorious. His name is honor. It's not about a prideful honor in our own lives and, and getting puffed up. It's about the reflection of Jesus Christ. Have you ever seen somebody or been with somebody that, that, that you didn't know? You talk with them for a few minutes or whatever and, and you just see just this glory from them and then you find out it's because they had a relationship in Jesus Christ. That's the glory. And, and, and I declare it in Jesus' name. I'll read again, and we know for those who, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose. The third verse is in Isaiah, chapter 54, verse 17. This was the third verse that they were going to use. And we're going to declare the truth of it this morning. Isaiah 54, 17 says this. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed. And you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication from me, declares the Lord. First of all. I want to say this because you can read this and, oh, oh, wait a second, they're talking about Israel. 
Okay, this, this doesn't really apply because, you know, Isaiah here is talking about Israel and, and all the weapons formed against Israel shall not stand. And, and give me a second. Let me show you how wrong you are. <laughs> Go down to chapter 56. Now, I'm not saying that out of flip. I'm saying that it includes each one of us. Verse 3. Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, The Lord will surely separate me from his people. And let not the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. In other words, the Lord's away from me. He loves Israel. He doesn't love me. Because, by the way, Israel are God's chosen people. That was the case. That is the case. That will be the case. That will not change. That is not that... His love is only for the nation of Israel. His love is for His children who love Him. That's the truth of it. That's why He's telling the foreigners, don't be dismayed, don't feel like you don't have an inheritance in Me, because if you are My children, I love you. Verse 4, For thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep My Sabbaths, who choose the things that please me and hold fast to my covenant. I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than the sons and daughters. Let that sink in for a second. I don't know if any of you, well, actually I do. I know a few of you and many online, I'm sure, that have adopted children. When you bring an adopted child into your house, are they just secondary in your home? No, they're your children. They're your children. There's no difference. Do you not think it's the same with the Lord? The Lord, just like us, responds to love. The Lord, just like us, responds to that interaction with his children. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him, this verse 6, to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants, Everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it and holds fast to my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain. That's everyone. Okay, that's everyone. And make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. The Lord God who gathers the outcast of Israel declares, I will gather yet others to him besides those already gathered. See, God's love is immeasurable. And in this, against his children certainly against Israel, but against his children, no weapon, 
And this is against God's children. I declare it in Jesus' name, the God, the only God. And His Son, Jesus Christ, who came in the flesh. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed. You shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. That is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication from me, declares the Lord. We always talk about vindication. We want vindication. When somebody is being beaten down and in in this warfare where they're just beaten, 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 they cry out for vindication. Do you know what God said? He said, your vindication is the fact that nothing, nothing that the enemy forms as a weapon against you will prevail. Amen. 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 That's extraordinary. Think about that. Nothing. If you really get that in your heart, and you really infuse faith into it and believe it, there is not a single battlefield you can, you can walk up to and, and march onto that you will not have confidence to do. Because, Lord, it's your will. If I walk onto a battlefield and, <coughs> and I am used in that battle and I fall in battle, if my heart is in relationship with the Lord, then one of two things is going to happen. I either was just allowed to go and be with Him, or Satan just made the biggest mistake of his life. Because no weapon formed against me can prevail. No weapon. No weapon formed against Caleb will prevail. None. It will not stop God's plan for his life. It will not, God, it will not stop God's plan for your family. No weapon formed against his children will prevail. That means no weapon formed against, against Carson will fail. Or, or will... There I go again. No weapon. I will get this right. I block any witchcraft coming against my voice in Jesus' name and by the power of His blood. You will pay a dear price. You will pay a dear price. But no weapon formed against Carson will prevail. None. Zero. In fact, it will infuse power. It will infuse power for the very things that he's called to do. See, that's what this verse means, is, is through this travail, we're taught and we're infused because of the faith that we infuse back into it. It, it gives power. Faith is power. We've talked about it. Faith is heaven's currency. Faith is what we give. Honestly, it's the only thing we could give. And so when defeating Satan and defeating his enemies costs faith, then the only way that faith is magnified is through turmoil, through difficulty. I don't know, and I'm sure you don't know a single Christian 
that loves the Lord, that has relationship with Him, that has power in their lives, that did not go through hell to get there. I don't know of one. If you know of one, let me know, because we need to pray for them, because it's coming. It's just a fact. It's just a fact. Growing up, I wanted to be in special forces, and 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 I'm telling you, if you go and you join special forces, ask Jim. Jim was a Navy SEAL. When you join that, guess what? They're going to put you through turmoil. You ever watch those shows? You know, I'm curious how many how many more people they got after their shows, or how many less people they got after their shows signing up. I don't know. You ever watch SEAL training? The, 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 it's a reality. I mean, it just shows the actual training. Or at least part of it. Some of it, I'm sure it doesn't. But bottom line is what happened to make them strong? Turmoil. It, it's, it's almost like the military understood the Word of God. Because in the Word of God, it says what? We talked about it a few weeks ago. In our weakness... We are strong because He is strong in us. So don't assume turmoil in your life is there to only break you. Cling to these verses. Cling to them. Because no weapon formed against you can prevail. It may hurt. It may hurt. Right, I know guys, so when I, I call him our head of security, even though we don't have a building yet. But the, this guy, his name's Gary. He was uh, 20, I think 23 years, special forces in the military, and then another, I, I think it was 15 years or something like that, whatever it was in the CIA as a spy. He, he now does our security and is going over to Nigeria with us. Okay, it's amazing to sit down with this guy and hear stories. He's been shot many times. Can you imagine being in a battle, getting shot, and that not stopping you? Why? Because you have a purpose. Lives depend upon it. Right? The, the whole campaign depends upon it. Do you understand? That's where this church is right now. We're feeling the bullets. We're feeling those arrows coming. And, and, and yeah, they're not just bouncing off the armor. They're hitting. They're inserting. They hurt. They're coming at us. But we have a choice. We have a choice because it hasn't put us down. And it won't put us down. Just like those Navy SEALs that have a job to do and push forward in that kind of resistance. Just like Gary did and having to move forward even being shot. Just moving forward when everything else is coming against you. That's where we're at. <coughs> That's where we're at. 
But do you know that's also where the battle's won? That's where it's won. That's where it's won in your life. That's where it's won in our church. That's where it's won in the bride. So I know this sounds sick. It sounds a little twisted, but I get excited when Satan comes against us so heavy. Because I trust in this verse. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed. None. It didn't say most. It said none. No weapon. No weapon for fashioned against you shall succeed. And you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. What does that mean? You know what that means? All those people out there that call us a cult, they're going to see that we're not. They're going to see that because they're going to see the love. They're going to see God's love through us, but they're also, they're, they're going to see that love manifested toward them. Why? Because no weapon fashioned against us can succeed. Why do you think we have seen so many witches come to know the Lord? It's because no weapon, no weapon fashioned against us will succeed. It backfires. It backfires. Whatever Satan tries to do, it comes and it backfires. And it shows God's love. When you, op- when you open up your eyes in the morning and you wake up and you say, Yes, Lord. Whatever you want today, yes. I love you. I want relationship. Yes, Lord. Whatever. Recognize you have just become a loaded weapon. You just became a weapon, <coughs> excuse me, a weapon in the hands of the Lord. And you're cocked and ready. Because you just said yes. He's the one who points it. He's the one who pulls the trigger. You just allow yourself to be ready. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed. And I declare in this realm that none of these verses or any other verse that the enemy, that human enemies would try to conjure, would try to speak, will prevail. None. Why? Because the word of God is truth. And no weapon, even if it's a twisting of God's own word, no weapon that's fashioned against us will succeed. I declare it in Jesus' name. And I know many of you get some of these things sent to you. I get them all the time. I get scripture sent to me all the time from people that I know. I know where their life is. I know what works through them. Don't just assume, oh, well, he's using scripture, or she's using scripture, so it's okay. You know what? When you do that and you don't see the gifts of the Spirit or the, or the fruit in that person's life, declare the truth of that scripture over your life. Not what's sent to you, not even what's explained. I mean, I, I, would, I would encourage you not to even read it, to be honest with you. But, but if you do, declare truth over your life. Because scripture is truth. They want to twist it, don't let them. 
Now, <clears throat> there are two people that I want to pray for this morning. Miller, would you mind coming up here? Would you feel funny coming up here? Come on up here. I had such a joy meeting Miller uh, a few weeks ago. We had a lot in common. <laughs> we had a lot in common. But I got a text this morning from Jim that you're just having difficulty. Yes, sir. And I didn't look at my text again, but you used to have cancer? Uh, yes, sir. Okay. And that's a concern. It is. Okay. All right. Well, the Lord told me, and I'm glad you were willing to come up here. Lord told me to pray for you in front of everybody. And uh, say hi to everybody online. There you go, Hello, everybody. <laughs> but uh, I want to pray for you here and, and anoint you, if that's okay. Yes, sir. Thank you. Father in heaven, <clears throat> we worship you and we praise you. And God, I thank you for Miller. I thank you, God, that the first time I met him a couple of weeks ago, I, I felt bad that I didn't really talk to anybody else in, 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 at the party, but, but he and I had a connection, and, and I thank you that, for that connection. I thank you for his heart. I thank you for his life, Father. I thank you for your purpose in his life. I pray, God, that you push away any fog that would keep him from seeing what you want. Because you want relationship with him. You love him. And God, I pray for what's coming against him right now. I call out demonic spirits of infirmity. And in Jesus' name, and by the power of his blood, I command you gone in Jesus' name. I block all attempts to come against his life because no weapon that is fashioned against your children shall succeed. None. Zero. We proclaim it. I proclaim it over Miller's life in Jesus' name and I anoint you in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. And Father... I just pray that you give him joy. I pray that you give him peace. I pray that you reveal to him his purpose. <coughs> Infuse love, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you, man. Melody, would you come up here? I was told to pray for Melody as well. And this one, again, I don't know specifics. I, I, I know what's coming against you. And that's what I'm to pray over and declare this same verse over you. And in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood, I anoint you, my sister. In Jesus' name. And I pray protection around Melody. In Jesus' name. Father, I have seen 
You've shown me portions of acceleration in her life. I believe what you want me to pray for now and extend in this hand tour now is a release of new warring angels to be at her side for protection. But even more than that, Father, I get a sense that it's for assault. Father, I just pray your will be done. I pray for a protection over Melody's physical body. And I declare this over her in Jesus' name that no weapon that is fashioned against her shall succeed. No weapon. I will also say that we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who were called according to his purpose. Melody has been called. She has been predestined, justified. Father, we ask for her glorification. That you overwhelm her with your love. And lastly, I'll declare over her that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Melody can do all things through Jesus who is her best friend, who strengthens her. I thank you for her in Jesus' name. Amen. You want to say a few things? Lord told me to ask you that. Um, I don't know, but, but, (laughs) you know, my favorite scripture is, my favorite scripture is you open your mouth and he'll fill it, right? So what I do want to, I do want to quickly share is what I saw when we were worshiping. Uh, I'm kind of a seer too. And so, uh, one of the things that I saw was I saw, sorry, I'm a weeper. There's your news flash. <laughs> Spirits around. You can always tell because I'm the one. <laughs> right? So um, there was this weightiness. Um, I think Alexis was talking this morning about Niagara Falls and the weightiness, you know, God's glory and all of that. Anyway. I'll try to make this short. You're fine. We but, don't do time here. Oh, good. I love that. Um, but but one of the things I saw was I saw, um, obviously, angels, you know, rejoice with you guys. You have a company of angels that that sort of, they actually inhabit this place. They don't actually, I don't think they actually leave. They actually inhabit this place, Ruth and Colin. They hang out here. They live here, right? And this company, though, is, is connected to Ignition. So there were three things I saw. Hopefully I, uh, can stay out of the zone long enough to tell you all three. One was the name, the reason your name is Ignition is because you are a vehicle that carries the love of God. 
So whenever God wants to send his love, he just puts a key in you and turns you on. Right? So you guys worship and you get turned on, right? And, and you go out and you overflow. But the other thing I saw was an angel, uh, actually, he brought it to your feet, Greg, but it was a huge basket of fruit. And so I was asking the Lord, what's the fruit? And he was offering, he, he brought it to Greg, but he was offering it to each one. As far as I could see, everyone <coughs> said yes. Uh, but I, I asked for several minutes, a good while, uh, you know, what's the fruit? What's the fruit? Is that glory? Is that supernatural? Is that, you know, all those wonderful things? And again, what I heard was love and goodness. What you extend to the earth, to the world, your frequency helps the world see God's goodness. You're not just saying it. It's who you are. It's who ignition is. And that's what you drive is the goodness of God. And so I saw that go out. And I saw all of these disenfranchised, you know, the orphans, the downcast, the outcast, the excommunicated, the, you know, those that, that, the, can I say that, Lord? that the traditional organized church doesn't know what to do with. So so now they have no place to go because we don't know what to do with them. We've tried everything, right? Those are the people that are going to wind up here because it's who you are, because you carry the goodness of God. Where they have been influenced by teachings that were had their truth but were not the truth about his about God's attributes and character you don't have to hold back here <laughs> <laughs> I want to be careful I don't want to get shot right oh, you, you <gasps> right but but we we lose our sense of connection with God when we begin to believe things about him that are not the truth, like Greg was talking about. It may even look factual, but it is not the truth of who he is, right? We judge, we judge God. Did you know that? We judge God, right? We judge God. We get mad at God. Oh, I get mad at God a lot. He and I, we have some, we have some rounds, right? But why should I be anything but transparent with you? I am that with him. He knows who I am and he loves me. He loves you where you are. He, he never told anybody get fixed before you come to me. Because his love and his goodness is what draws us. Right? So that's who you are. And um, I think there was a third thing which has eluded me at this point. But anyway, oh, oh, I don't want to forget that. Uh, I also felt like, uh, now this is very strange, but um, this really short backstory, <laughs> this will not be a surprise to any of you, I'm sure. I've been having a really rough time. Anybody else in the room been having a really rough time? It's like, oh my gosh, really? 
really? Can we just get past this moment, please? And uh, I, the last time I came out east, I, I got stuck in the Detroit airport, and I was speaking at a <laughs> conference, and it was, anyway, but I couldn't, I, it was horrible trying to get here. Poor Brent. She went to the airport two or three times, and, and I still wasn't there. Like, she was waiting on me. I wound up spending the night with some stranger uh, woman, strange woman. Uh, I mean, a stranger, a person I didn't know. There was a woman in a hotel room uh, at the Detroit airport uh, because we couldn't get out to the next day. Fortunately, I got to prophesy into her life and speak into her life. And, and she was a Christian. She was a lover of God, but but sort of a nominal. She was in a nominal church, a sleepy church. Right. So um, I got to speak into her and that was all wonderful. But but we we really prayed over this trip and over the timing and the dates and the whole thing. And I really felt like, you know, coming out here is all about it's all about me. Right. It is all about me. I, I just want you to know. I mean, I, I'm God's favorite. You're God's favorite. But I'm also God's favorite, and it's all about me, right? So it was a blessing for me to get out here. So I was like, okay, we're buying a ticket that is a direct flight. We're not going to get stuck anywhere because of a typhoon or snow or whatever. So I get here, and um, this morning I'm sitting, and and what I love and what is this, like, I, I don't have the words to express it, but this, like, momentous, it's really big blessing to me is to be in, in a body where there isn't a program. Amen. I love the church, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but I love the presence of God so much more. Amen. And just being here, I didn't wear my I didn't wear my watch today because I was like, "This is a prophetic picture." Because <laughs> we're just we're gonna see we're just gonna see if they really just let it go, let it rip, right? I mean, I know Greg and Alexis, and I I, I know I know their hearts, but I want to see I want to see it I want to I want to experience duh. So, one of the things that was happening, Alexis was teaching this morning that, you know, sometimes God will seem silent, and sometimes when he's silent, he wants to talk about a subject that you, is not on your grid, right? You keep saying, but I want to talk about this, and he's like, no, 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 come over here. Let's talk about this thing, right? Well, that's what was happening. I was like, oh, it's all about me. I love this place. I love the worship. I love the spirit. I love the angels. Yeah, I'm really, and God's like, hey, hey, stay with me. <laughs> hey, right? You got something to do here, yeah. right? So so basically what I wanted to, to share with you guys is I saw that this was a day, and you have to, it's the first day of the year, not the Hebraic dinner, dear dinner, I'm not thinking about food, <laughs> not the Hebraic year, but the on the Gregorian calendar, but it still represents a new moment, a new day, a new era, a new age, right, for you guys. And so he said, mark the date on the calendar, because what happened was I saw angels who were offering the uh, 
the goodness, right? So that you could eat the goodness and overflow with the goodness. But each of you were being commissioned as, as one. This, this is a day of commissioning. So put it on your calendar. It's a day of commissioning. So as one and as individuals, you're commissioned today. And it rolls back to you're carrying the greatest weapon that God is, which is love, mm. and you're delivering it through and by his goodness, and you're an army. When you started, when you got up, you started talking about the army, I lost it. I lost it. Because, you know, I've been tired and sort of, none of us feel that way. You know, we're beat up, and, you know, it's like, can I just get a breath before the next assignment? You know, can I breathe? Can I just breathe deep before the next bomb hits me? And so the Lord was just reminding me that that's who I am. That's who you guys are. And uh, I think Jeff was asking me, or maybe Brent was asking me, after our our phone call, I had a phone call, and uh, the pastors prayed for me two weeks, three weeks ago. Well, this very interesting chain of events that I'll share with you guys later uh, came to pass through that. But what happened in the midst of that and what came out of that was I saw when I got off the phone, it's like I go to sleep and I'm a dreamer. I dream every night and I have all these dreams and I wake up the next day and I'm like, sister, you lost your edge. You know, like I knew that, right? Like I'm depleted. I got nothing, right? But the Lord was reminding me, you have always been a warrior. Amen. You have you have been created to kick ass. Whoa, sorry. <laughs> hey, I believe if it says it in the Bible, I can say it in the pulpit. Right? The the word ass is in the Bible. Right? That I, we were created to do that. So, so I'm just encouraging you that you have been commissioned as warriors carrying the goodness, carrying the love of God in His goodness. Amen. And I was saying yes as you guys were all saying yes and just Amen. blessing you guys. Thank you. This has been such an honor to me. Thank you for embracing me. I love that. Should I apologize to your mom? Or... That's all right. You know, Melody, uh, Melody, I want to say something to you uh, that the Lord was telling me while you were talking. Um, that's that's coming. I I. I I don't know if it's, I don't know. I don't know the point. I don't know if, if today is the point because the word commissioning that you said just keeps resonating in my mind, but I think that was every bit for you. But there's a shift that is happening in your life where you will shift from defense to offense. Where you won't be tired at the lobbed bombs at your life. 
Even though light life sometimes doesn't change, the perspective does. When we go on offense, and, and I'll use, it's funny you, you talk about an army because that's actually our tagline. Our tagline is an army rising up. But uh, when you're defensive in a battle, you hunker down and you protect, right? When you're offensive in a battle, things are still coming at you and they're landing. We talked about that earlier. They're landing, but you're moving and you're focused and nothing stops you. And that is all fueled by love. Every last bit of it's fueled by love. And so, so there is a change. I believe that, that happened in your, in your declaration just now yeah. of, of that commissioning from defense to offense. And the weapons are the same because the weapons are love. But it's so much more. I, I mean, it's just so much more what God's going to do. And the power of those same words that he's going to use. And I believe that for everybody here. See, it's your choice. It's your choice if you want to be a part of that. It's your choice. God will never make a slave. He freed us from slavery. Right? We were slaves to sin. He frees us from that. He, he gives us the opportunity for that. He will never make us a slave and make us do something. He wants us to want him. He wants us to want to do something for him or with him. It's not even, it's not even for him. It's like he, he's, he's putting out his hand like, come on, grab my hand, let's go. He'll be right there. He'll take your hand. He will never leave you, never forsake you. When you're running out into that battlefield in offense, remember, he goes before you, right? He may not be pulling you along. He did, trust me, he doesn't want to pull you along, but he'll always stay in front. He'll always be in front because he loves his children. And that is how he can guarantee that no weapon formed, none can come against you and prevail. None. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we worship you. We praise you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. And God, as I declared this morning, even long before I came here, when I was with you in my quiet time, I declared the warning to the witches that we're going to do that. Father, I now pray for their lives. I pray for their hearts. I pray for their understanding of who you are. If they have not already, if they have not already seen your power, they will. They will any moment. Father, I ask that they be given just a moment to say yes to you. Just a moment to recognize your son as the Messiah. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, amen.